You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Let's dive into a brand new episode. Before we get started on this episode, here's a not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed here. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 25 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. Steve isn't nor does he offer any legal advice. For any legal advice, you must speak with a lawyer. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon. Just go to Amazon and search for author Steve Worsley. You can also take Steve's courses on Udemy or Skillshare, and you can find out more about those at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, hello. You're listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with Steve Worsley, myself. And today we have a guest again. So it's awesome that Cassandra, my wife, is here. She fills in, or I shouldn't say fill in, but she I gives... I join you. Yeah, you give us some variety. They don't have to just listen to me. And our loyal listeners know that you used to do every episode, but you have your own business you have to run, and that's just life. Yeah. So, but today's topic is portraits aren't the only thing you find in the attic. Let's talk about black mold that we find up there. What do you think about every time you even hear the word attic? Well, I think, I think first of all, they're a thing of the past, but... Growing up on the East Coast, attics were living areas in many of the older, older homes. It wasn't just storage, right? Yeah. And it, I don't see that now homes are, too many homes are brand new, built with livable attic space. And do you believe, because we've talked about that before, you know, that's something, as a kid, like our attic, I grew up in, in a, a ranch style, and we had this little closet at the end of our hallway and it had to almost, it was kind of cool. It had like kind of a little ramp that went up and that's where the attic access was. And I remember me and my sister, when we were fairly young, we went up there and we thought, was like, man, that's cool up here. Like it's, this isn't a space that we're used to seeing. And we didn't have any, any storage or anything up there. And it was just insulation, but like her and I ran around the attic. Obviously our listeners are like, yeah, you must've been a lot littler because if you were to do that as an adult, you would fall through the ceiling. Yeah. But when we talked about attics, that's what, and I obviously have seen it in movies. You grew up out on the East Coast. Out here on the West, we don't use attics as storage or even a living space. Whereas you 
that's what you're used to, like you just said. Yeah. And a lot of the homes on the East Coast were built, you know, the Victorian homes. They were built a long time ago. And back then, that attic, that top floor was either bedroom space or if they had maids, space made quarters. And then they'd have the laundry chutes that would go from the top all the way oh, to the okay. basement. So those, you know, and if you look like movies like Hand That Rocks the Cradle. That attic is a living space. Flowers right. in the attic, that movie, it's a right. living space. Yeah. So today's homes aren't built that way, but there's Are they in homes. the East Coast or do they, they, they don't, they build them like they do out here? I guess that's a funny question to ask, but you have family back East, so they don't have attics in newer homes like you're Typically not anymore because okay. it's no longer in fashion, but this, there are still so many old homes that people buy. Right that they come with that. That's why I think it's interesting when we talk about mold. Well, if you are using the living space of an attic, cause it's big enough too, I don't think people really think about mold because it's covered up with carpet and it's livable. Yeah. But then if you have that, what you talked about, you open the hatch and there's stairs and it's really tiny. I don't think people really go up there to look for mold either. No, no. And, and so, so you bring up something that's interesting. So for this episode, you know, when, when I'm talking about attics, you're talking about a living area in an attic. So just for our listeners, and I, I know they understand this and so do you, but I'm going to explain it just for those that don't understand. Well, I think one of the reasons, first and foremost, that we don't see attics is for energy reasons and for probably cost reasons. But an attic, if it's a if it's a, an area that's used for storage or a bedroom, they have vaulted ceilings. Mm -hmm. Um, these days, for the most part, we still have vaulted ceilings, but it's it's not to have a, a living space up there. So when I'm talking about mold in attics, I'm talking about attics like we have here. And for our listeners, these are attics that just have a hatch that's in a hallway or down in a closet or somewhere where you have to put a ladder up or you have to go up in there to see it. Yeah. Because um, for what you're saying, if it's a living space... Um, I would hope that the occupants of the home would recognize a defect sooner if it's a bedroom up there. Does that make sense? Yeah. Or even, I mean, there are lots of things to mice, rodents, um, bats on the East coast. Bats are a big thing. So all of those animals produce stuff in those spaces yeah. that can contribute to moisture. Yep. yep. And and so when we talk about uh, vermin and, and pests, you know, we don't see it out here in the West. It, it, it's interesting because obviously that's my experiences out West. Um, but I have clients where they have literally like rat problems in their attics. They have bats, um, mice, uh, raccoons. Those kinds of things, for the most part, we don't really see out west. Yeah, possums and, you see on the east coast. Yeah, I didn't. Even, I guess I didn't even think about. It. I've never seen a possum that's hanging from the trees. Yeah, I've, I think I've only seen one in a zoo. <laughs> but um, but yeah, they have. And, and once again, so bringing up things like that, they those creatures. I was trying to think of a word I would use, but those creatures will move the insulation around like when now we see we see and i've showed you pictures and maybe you've seen it um on a mold mitigation job we see it like in basements typically in a basement but in a wall cavity we're literally we we we're doing our flood cuts and we take the ins or the the sheetrock off and the insulation has been eaten away 
and I shouldn't say eaten. I don't think they eat the insulation. They they are like a chipmunk and they move the insulation to their nest. Mm-hmm. But you'll see where it's literally a nesting area for the mice. Yep. And that feces is obviously a liquid. It can elevate the humidity, not like water can, but it can contribute to a mold problem. And when I say contributed to it, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that their their urine directly contributed to a mold problem, but them removing insulation and doing damage to the building led to a mold problem. Absolutely. So, I mean, th- that's just one of the ways that somebody could have mold occur in an attic. What are some of the other ways that mold could happen in the, the attic? The most common, so, you know, we have our famous um, waterfall project up in Shoshone, Wyoming. <laughs> yeah. Our listeners that have listened know it was uh, a pretty extensive mold project, and it was because they had uh, radiant heat that was supplied by hot water, and one of the lines went up through the attic. Well, that line burst. The property was vacant. They didn't winterize it properly. That water line burst, and it caused a mess. Um, Another common thing, which we don't see water lines, and I for obvious reasons out here in the West where it gets cold, we shouldn't have water lines or any plumbing lines like that in an attic. The only thing you should see in an attic out here, in my opinion, where it freezes is just your vent tubes for, for your vents, for, for the sewer line. But the most common thing we see obviously is missing shingles leads to moisture intrusion. And it's not always missing shingles. It could be flashing that wasn't installed properly on a chimney or or things like that. So the most common, I would say, is from moisture intrusion from the exterior. And and so I know that there are some people who look at attics, not livable ones, but attics and crawl spaces the same way. They kind of think if there's any concern about mold, nobody goes up there, just close it up. It's not gonna. It's not in the living areas of the house. What do you say to that? So we have what I refer to as the stack effect, and we have done episodes about this before. When we when we have to answer your question, can there be um, cross contamination concerns for mold in an attic to get into the living space? Absolutely, it's not as likely because of the stack effect. So the stack effect, what it's doing is it's pulling everything through the home. And the reason it's doing that is because your ventilation port's in your attic. But on the flip side, so you mentioned a crawl space. A crawl space is a a lot more likely to affect the air quality in the living area versus mold up in an attic. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. Because in the crawl space, it's sucking the air through the living area. Yeah. But you bring up a good point because a lot of people will say, this mold in the attic, that air is not getting down into the living area, Mm -hmm. so it's not a problem. That's not true. And when I say that's not true, you know, homes are somewhat pressurized. And so depending on the barometric pressures, depending on a window or door being open, the airflow can do lots of funky things. Does that make sense? That does make sense. And... You know, when I did home inspections a lot, we we did something that was so simple. It was called a smoke test. You literally would light this thing, or you can use like a puffer, like, you know, them little things you use for babies to get the, mm-hmm. clean their noses. You, you, you can use that, and it just 
puff some smoke out. You could literally puff it out right here in front of us and see where that smoke goes. Well, that would tell you what the air is doing. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. And so I like that you use puffer. I always called it a snot snatcher. Yeah. Yeah. Those, yeah. Those are, <laughs> I don't, I, there was one thing I hated with, with little ones and that was all the, the, the boogers you have mm-hmm. to deal with. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I would, a diaper changing was much easier for me than that. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's what I call it. It's a puffer, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm trying to just be professional, <laughs> so, but it, but, but it's a good example as to, and, and, and what we use them for, for our listeners, they're like, well, why would you use those in home inspections? We use that so that like down in a mechanical room, you know, when I say back in the day, it's probably only been for 20, not even maybe 20 years where all of our exhaust vents for our, like our furnace and our water heaters, which are typically gas, um, that's the only way it would, if it's an electric water heater, you don't need a vent, but it's for those gases to escape and go outside. Mm-hmm. Well, 15, 20 years ago, they weren't piped and sealed. Back in the day, you had a gap there. Naturally, those fumes would go up through that flue and, and go outside. And so you'd use that puffer to make sure that the air's doing what it's supposed to be doing because yeah. you don't want carbon monoxide poisoning. Exactly. So to, to go back to what you were talking about, is mold a concern in an attic? Absolutely. We have no way of saying none of that air quality, The I call it dirty air. We have no way of verifying that that dirty air is not making its way down into, into the living area. Well, and to go back to the example you gave about you and your sister growing up, just because a space isn't livable doesn't mean it's not lived in. So exactly. you have a five-year-old and a seven-year-old or a four and five-year-old who manage when their parents' heads are turned to get up in an attic that has mold. <laughs> yeah. That could be problematic exactly. for those it children. Could. Yep. Yeah. And one thing too, for our listeners, you know, it's, it, it obviously throughout the world, homes are built differently based on the geographic location and climate and all that. But it's not uncommon out here in the West to have ductwork for your HVAC system that runs in the ceiling. Mm. So if you have a mold issue in an attic and you have some sort of void or a defect in the the duct system, it could be sucking that moldy air in. And every time your air conditioner or your heater turns on, you're literally breathing in that dirty air. Oh, wow. So it's something that, and I hear, it's, it's interesting you bring that up because... I hear it often. You obviously don't, but I hear often, well, it's in the attic. It doesn't matter. No, it matters. Like that's part of the home. Correct. So it's, you know, it's something where, like like I said earlier, like I don't want to downplay it and just poo poo it away that it's an attic. If it was a concern, a crawl space versus an attic, a crawl space is much more likely to make you sick than an attic would be. Well, and I think for a lot of people, they look at something like, I don't want to even think about how much it would cost to mitigate my attic. So I'll just close it up, not think about it, because I'm assuming mitigating in an attic is expensive because you have to get up in there. Yeah. So as you very well know, this crawl spaces and attics are what we don't like to see as mold mitigators. It's not fun. Um but on the other hand, it has to be addressed. So to kind of expand on what you said about, well, you know, I'm just going to seal this up and never go up in my attic. That's a, that's a bad idea because 
over time, you're going to cause more problems because of you're just, you could have something going on up there that you're ignoring. At some point, you know, we've talked about inheriting moldy properties. At some point, somebody's going to have to deal with it. And even as, you know, our listeners, as the homeowner, they could easily say, you know what, I'm probably going to die in this home. So I don't care. Well, we don't want to pass on a moldy home to your your children, grandchildren, or to anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, a lot of times with the housing market, I know, you know, Wyoming and Utah have been the housing market's been off the charts. Like most of the the other country or the rest of the country's plateaued or dropping a little bit. And we know you follow real estate a lot. Prices are dropping, but it's still mm-hmm. way higher than I ever thought Utah and Wyoming would be. Yep. And where we're at in Wyoming, you know, we're, the on, on that side of Wyoming is always expensive, but Utah has just been very expensive. And I guess my point is, is, you might be thinking, you know, I'm 55 or 60 and I'm going to die in this home. You might say, hey, this home's worth three times what I paid for it. I'm going to sell it. Mm-hmm. Well, when you sell it, they're probably going to have an inspector come in. And for our listeners, just, you know, if you're trying to make excuses as to why you don't want to address it, just think you could have a Steve up there looking at your attic going that you're selling. Yeah. And Steve's going to tell his clients, like, this has to be addressed. So, Mold mitigation in an attic is is not easy. It's and mold mitigation's never cheap. But if it's a crawl space or an attic, it's a lot more expensive. What makes it more expensive? So up in an attic, if you know our listeners can imagine, you know, with the peak of the roof and then the the roof trusses, if there's mold in an attic, it's typically it's not just in one little spot. And it's not where you crawl up there and you have a lot of head height. Mm-hmm. It, you've got to go from the peak clear down to the fascia or the, where the soffits are. And it, as you can imagine, the head height gets smaller and smaller and you can't really get in there. Yeah. And so when we get into those situations, um, first and foremost, I guess I should address, there should be insulation in the attic. And if there's mold in the attic, all the insulation has got to come out. Okay. And so... My clients look at me like I'm cuckoo, but I tell them for the most part, you know, in the room we're in, the attic's right above us. If there's a mold issue up there to get all the insulation out, the exterior wall's right there. So there's minimal head height there. You're crawling on your hands and knees. If you slip, you're going to probably fall through the Mm sheetrock. But to get all the insulation out and do the mitigation properly, it's actually more efficient and effective, in my opinion, to just take the ceiling out. Yeah. And obviously, you know, we're, we're sitting in here with, you know, shelves and, and stuff in a room. Every a containment's put up. Everything has to be removed. But it's actually easier to remove the ceiling. Yeah. As crazy as it sounds. Absolutely. And that's why it's, it's not fun for our guys. Um, it's hot up there. It's just, it's not fun. And it is expensive. And that's why it's really important to look at things like defects and say, hey, you know, we should probably address that instead of poo-pooing it away and going, ah, I'll never go up there. It doesn't matter. Exactly. So it's a much more extensive mitigation process because of the things that have to be done, but also the limited room that you have to do it. Yeah. As as you've seen, there's, um, there's crawl spaces I've been in that are literally like army crawl. Yeah. If you can imagine it, it's kind of hard to 
fix mold or mitigate mold when you're doing that. And it, and it kind of brings up something that I'll quickly just touch on. If you hire a mitigation company that's like, oh yeah, we just come in and spray it. Yeah, it's easy for them to do that. They don't care about the head height. They're only going to be in there for a few minutes. Yeah, That's not proper mold mitigation. You have to remove the mold spores. A spray is not going to remove it. It might prevent that little area from being a viable mold growth area, but that's not how you remove mold. So my point is, is we're up there, you know, you can remove remove mold by blasting it or sanding it. Mm-hmm. We mostly sand and you would have to because you don't have the room. So we have to have room to work. Absolutely. Does that make sense? That does make sense. So what's your call to action for people? Like I just, you mentioned it, people don't like to go up in their attics, but just, it takes 10 minutes. You don't have to get in the attic. Just grab your ladder. Make sure you put safety goggles on or safety glasses. You can put a, a N95 mask on if you think you need it. My point is, is be prepared when you push that that access up. Insulation's probably going to try to fall on you. So if you have any clothes that are right below it, make sure you move those. But you can literally put your ladder up, poke your head up in the attic with a good uh, flashlight. And from the ladder, you can inspect the attic. And just look around, look for wet spots, look for discoloration. It's going to be hot in the summertime in an attic. That's the whole point. It's going to be really cold in the winter. But you should be able to tell if something doesn't. Like, if this time of year you go up in your attic and it's nice and cool, something's not right. Mm -hmm. It should be nice and hot. Yep. Pretty simple. Just with the proper PPE, just go do a 10-minute inspection. You don't have to get up there and crawl around. It's not recommended to do that because mm-hmm. I don't want you to fall through your ceiling, but go inspect it. There you go. And if you feel like, you know, oftentimes I know you deal with clients where maybe one spouse sees the urgency in, in dealing with the mold situation and one spouse does not, that's where reading your books yes. and helping each other get educated on the mold epidemic becomes really important. Exactly. Yep. And I have... Um, I have a book I'm working on right now, and uh, we haven't really come up with the title yet, but it's a mold habits book. And for our listeners, it's it's a book that's going to focus more on your day-to-day habits that you don't think about that can be contributing to mold. And a habit, one of those habits is not doing inspections routinely. So I'll put a link in the description uh, you've created links for me. I don't know if it's a tiny URL or whatnot, but I'll have it for our listeners. I'll put it in the description of this podcast. But yeah, go go buy a book, and they're available in ebook, Audible, and paperback, and actually hardback. Hardback, all on Amazon. So well, just, is it just the latest book that's hardback? I think it's the latest book that's hardback, but everything else is in Audible and paperback. Yep, no excuses for all you fathers out there. Uh, this Sunday is going to be Father's Day, so happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. If you are lucky enough to still have your dad around, wish him a happy Father's Day. Thank you for listening. This was episode 211. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure you go to our website at cnccontractorservices.com and sign up for the Mold Investigation Checklist. Again, go to cnccontractorservices.com and get your free Mold Investigation Checklist today. You can also, on cnccontractorservices.com, find out more about Steve's courses and books and consultations. Once again, go to cnccontractorservices.com.